Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, all dressed up with some place to go. All dressed up with some place to go. That is my starting point. And um, I want to give a fair warning. Um, this will probably be a lower reflection. I'm recording something in the moment because I am literally all dressed up with somewhere to go. And I'm not going. I'm, it's not that I'm not going, period. But I do wonder if I am delaying so I could find a reason to not go. So, and I'm not leaving. As of now, I decided to do a, a podcast recording. <laughs> so, I'm all dressed up with somewhere to go is something that I'm actually in the moment. Um, and there are feelings involved and those feelings are causing some confusion. And so I'm just here to process that. And, um, and trying to give myself permission to be okay with any type of redundancy or repetition in, in the themes that come out. Hey, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm literally doing that in the moment. <laughs> um, how do I say that? How, let me start over. Hey, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner, my outer worlds. I do so. There it is. I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. Also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing social scientist and educator of about 30 years. And half of that time has been leadership politically. I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs of power such as race, class, gender, sexuality, just to name a few. This project is unedited and it's unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So I'm laughing because of the irony that's happening. Like there's a lot of irony that's happening. Like when I was saying those, mm -hmm. um, uh, when I was saying those disclaimers and I'm like, huh, I don't know. I think I do a, I think I do a nervous laughter and that's, I need to process that because I'm like, am I really nervous? But that laughter is coming out of something. And for the most part, I think I find humor in irony. Um, and so I feel like as I was reading some of those or reciting some of those disclaimers, there was, there was some irony that was becoming clear to me. And so. I laughed. <laughs> so anyway, let me just jump into the reflection. Oh, let me give a little housekeeping, which is going to lead into the reflection. Um, I'm in, I'm in a different state. I'm in my sister's house. And so my niece is having a, a sweet 16 party. And, um, I traveled to attend. It was something that was very difficult to decide. Because my person wasn't able to come and um, I felt really, really guilty leaving her. Um, 
So if today is Saturday, Wednesday night, I spent the night with my person. I was I was over there. I was over with her on Monday, and my if you are new, my person is someone that's um, battling cancer, and it's at stage four, and uh, it's just a lot. So anyway, I went to spend time with her Monday, and uh, I have to. I was going to process this with you, but I don't really know how, because when I was about to leave. Um, she was like, don't leave me real infantile. Like, don't leave me. It was very dramatic like that. And the fact that that's not the first time I've heard that voice from her is what's triggering. And so I was really triggered by that, although she had every right to not want me to leave. You know, she lives alone, and I had offered to come and stay. She doesn't want me to live in a house with her, and that's fine. I lived there for a few years when I thought I was moving to live with my granny, but it ended up being my person's house when my grandmother passed away. So um, so I, I'm okay with the fact that she doesn't want me to be in the house uh, for the most part. There's some, there's some, there's a, there's history. There's a story about the house. Um, it's a story about the house. So, and I don't, even, I don't even know if I've gone into that into this uh, project. And so, just so you know, I'm having a hard time talking right now because I am literally dealing with some emotions um, on the inside. Um. So. Bear with me, you guys, because I'm trying to push through. Um, so my person was like, don't leave me. Really, like, weak and needy. And on one hand, I genuinely, I believe it's genuine. Like, I think it's a scary thing that she's going through. It's scary. It's scary for me, at least. So for her to feel scared and um, was it fragile and vulnerable and even childlike when I said I was going to leave I don't think that's a deal breaker for me I think it's the triggering of when she's done this in the past positioning me as the parent and not Allowing me to ever be the one that has the vulnerability, the fear, the childlike needs. So I think it's safe to say that there's an anger that surfaced for that. But because of my culture and my surroundings, and I don't know if it's my belief system, I'm not sure. I won't mm -hmm. give myself permission to be angry because I feel like I feel like it's wrong it feels almost sinful to be angry while my person is going through this battle you know what I mean so that's that's kind of how I feel so anyway that was Monday night and I le I left 
I came home. Uh, I was going to try to stay, but um, I have I get up at like two, three in the morning because I have a business, and then I'm you know you guys know I told you I'm substitute teaching um, to keep me solvent with with income, but flexible for me to pursue business projects. So you know. I still believe it's the better option. I know I'm not like overjoyed like I was before. Like oh, I cracked the code, and so, but that's just because I've I got some learning to do as relating to what subbing is and what it isn't. Because I'm an actual certified teacher, and so I think I'm confused about: Am I supposed to be subbing, or am I supposed to be? Most subs are not certified teachers. And so it's just a matter of what should I be doing and what shouldn't I be doing. So that's something else I've been wanting to process with you all. But anyway, um, so so I, I'm subbing and then early in the morning I, I get up, work on business, and then I work on business after work. And that's pretty much a 16-hour day. And then I'm really working on trying to get eight hours of sleep. So I'm working. That's something I'm intentionally working on. So, um, um, it's, it's a long day. I need to get up and I had already said I wasn't going to do any business in the morning. I still need to get, go to sleep. And so my person and my cousin, they like had a burst of energy at night. I'm like, I am not here for that. <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. So I end up like, no, 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 I got to go. And so I had guilt. I had guilt about not staying with my person. I wouldn't. I can understand not wanting to be alone. And, um, but I left because, and this is the other thing that has been going on. Um, and I may have mentioned this to you all before, but there's so much trauma stored in my body that when I'm in that environment, it's just triggered. And, um, and I think before I became, conscious of my relationship to adult beverages, I would be like, oh, I'm going to go have some wine. What I learned as I became, like I said, more conscious of my relationship with is that I was seeking adult beverages to quiet the loudness of the trauma that that was like, that screams in my body. So it's not all the time, but like I'm in a certain situation, like my body literally is like screaming. I I don't know another way of describing it. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some wine. You know, never realizing the relationship, the, the relationship between the, the, the physiological reaction I'm having to that stored trauma and my decision to say, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine. So anyway, so I've become aware of that increasingly. Uh, I've just been something I've been actually studying about five years, but within the last year since I've been going through this thing with uh, my person, I've discovered a whole nother level that I didn't know exist, and that that there is really trauma stored in my body. I'm, I may have said that before, but I literally feel it. And so because I'm in proximity with my person now, and it's like a lot, you know, and it's in this intimate, vulnerable way. That triggering is happening a lot with me. 
a lot. So anyway, um, so I just decided to leave and I'm just trying to decide that it is okay for me to be healthy and to take care of myself while I'm trying to take care of my person. Like that's gotta be okay. And I know when she first got sick, I talked about dual care, dual care. But with the kind of relationship I have with her, that's not really allowed. I'm not allowed to take care of myself. I'm not allowed to be healthy. I'm not allowed to have a sense of self. And this is one of the conflicts I'm feeling internally right now when I have these emotions. Because I'm like, girl, get over it. Woo-hoo, right? Woo-hoo-hoo. You know, it, it, it just positions me as very weak. And I don't like that. Um, so I just don't really like to, I've talked about it. I just don't like to talk about it. I don't like to acknowledge it. And so, but, um, but I've been, this guy that I've been following on YouTube, Patrick, I can't think of, it's Tihi or whatever. He's a a licensed social worker and he has been doing these write-ups almost daily about adult children from childhood trauma and the whole work of self-care. I mean, every freaking post is spot on, just spot on. So it, I'm trying to tell myself it's okay to take care of myself. And the guilt that I have in taking care of myself is a byproduct of the trauma that I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't raised to value myself I wasn't raised to see the self and I'm going to tell you it is really hard to hold on to those words because I don't know if it's the aid part of me I don't know if it's the INTJ part of me but it just feels very whiny to say I wasn't raised to take care of myself like that feels very whiny and I don't value or respect that that's the aid in me but the reality is, I have to tell you, it is true. And maybe, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the INTJ being rational. Like, you, trauma is a thing. Your experiences were experiences you should not have had as a child, as a teenager, as an adult child to a person. You shouldn't have had that experience. And I believe that, like, if if I was talking to someone else who had gone through childhood trauma, I'd be on the front line advocating for them. And I, as a with a background in psychology, I really do believe it's traumatic. And and that's not even just psychology; that's education, that's social sociology. Like, I have a few disciplines that validate this notion that um, we can be psychologically harmed based on how and people interact with us. So I'm not having a hard time with that in as a concept, but I'm having a hard time accepting that I, and it's not that I have a hard time believing I had those experiences. And it may be that I don't have a right to ask for anything else. It's almost like I got the treatment that I deserve to have. And if that's the treatment that my caregiver gave me, then that was just a treatment I was I deserved to have and I should just get over it. 
And so that is a constant uh, battle. That has nothing to do with me being all dressed up and I got to go if I'm going to go. I really have to go. But I just said that I left Monday night instead of spending a night the night, even though she asked me in the most feeble, infantile way not to leave her, I did. I took, went home and I took care of myself. Then Tuesday night, I was going to go and I took a nap and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't. It's a lot there. It's a lot there. So by the time Wednesday came, I was ready and I went. I spent the night and it was nice. We watched television together and she's not doing well. She's not doing well at all. She's weak. She's tired. And she's got a lot of stuff to do. And here's another trigger warning alert. She is she's gonna want me to she wants me to come and clean her house for her. And you might be listening and saying, Well what's if she's sick, what's wrong with that? And because I, I think that it doesn't feel good though that this is the place that she wants me in the other places. It makes me feel like a a servant. This doesn't feel like me choosing to take care of her out of love. It feels like me doing something she's dictating for me to do because she has the power because of her position and how I'm supposed to submit to that power. And there's guilt again and then there's confusion about why do I feel that way? What's wrong with you? You shouldn't feel that way. You're just making that up. And then I'm reminded that's a whole, excuse my language, that's a whole fucking internal dialogue that I've I've lived with my whole freaking life having that dialogue of you just something doesn't feel good instead of you saying no that doesn't feel good because that wasn't fair I sit there and I rationalize it so anyway I gotta go so that's so I spent the night Wednesday what does that have to do with being all dressed up so anyway I think I was saying that it was hard for me to to leave that and to travel to be with my niece and my sister and her kids because my person wasn't able to go because of her medical condition. And I believe that there was a expectation for me to stay with her. And although she doesn't stay with me, she doesn't invite me to anything that is. I she I only get called on. It's like the Cinderella story. And then there's a part of me in my head like, is that true? So I won't say it's a, it's like a a gross Cinderella story, but. When this person has 
her needs being met. I don't get invited. I'm only there for her needs. It is nothing. It has never been about. It has never been about my needs. Never. And this is just. This is. This is me feeling angry for the. Eight-year-old child, the 10-year-old child, the 14-year-old child. This is me being angry for the 23-year-old woman who found out her my first 10-year relationship. That there was something that inappropriate happened with one of my good friends. And I went to my person was devastating when I found out. And I went to my person. She, she was like, what do you want me to do about it? And then she accused me of creating a situation for them to get inappropriate with each other. So never. Just never was never. So there are, there are a lot of stories like that. And it's not just stories of the past. There are, there are recent stories like that. Most of the time, I just go about my life and I put distance between us. I'm like, that's not my problem anymore. I'm grown. I don't have to deal with that anymore. Most of the time, I'm successful until I'm all dressed up with somewhere to go and all of these feelings are just like bubbling up, bubbling. So I left, I came to visit with my sister and uh, I got sick. I don't know what made me sick. I was sick, sick. So that was last night. I felt really weird about being sick. Because usually when you see, when you're sick, this is how people are attentive or they're concerned. They really have that. And it's more, it was a polite concern. Are you okay? But no, I've, I've been the recipient of concern. So I know if this concern was different from genuine concern. Um, and maybe, and this is the confusion. Maybe it genuinely was genuine concern. Who am I to say that it wasn't? And this is, just, this is one of the struggles I'm having, but it felt odd. If something feels off about it, so it is what it is. So, um, so that was last night, and so this morning I was so proud of myself because I'm in a different city, and I've just really learned to just take care of errands. Er- taking care of errands is not my thing, but I've learned that I like being on top of my game, and being on my top of my game means I have to take care of errands. So I take errands, not because I enjoy taking care of errands. I just enjoy being on top of my game. So I've just gotten to this place where, so, and home. So to come out of town and to take care of errands, I was really proud of myself. So I had to go pick up a cake and a nail that needed to be fixed. And yes, I do have my nails, like, polished. And so that's probably the girliest thing about me. (laughs) 
and uh and then I went shopping. Then we to get something to wear. I brought something to wear, but I'm like, oh, let's see if I can go shopping. And I found a couple of things. So that was nice. Um Keho I really I never got an invitation, but I knew of the party, but I never there was an official invitation that went out. I never got one. Not, not a big deal. I didn't know what time it started and I didn't know where it was at. And see, this is where I've gotten in trouble with my family because they're like, why do you sit back and wait for somebody to invite you? Why do you sit back and wait for the information? Why don't you ask and kind of push in? And I think to a certain extent, that's valid. Except that's what I would always be doing. And I'm also trying to work on this thing called fawning. Because I realize I do a lot of fawning in my sister's world, even with my sister and my nieces. And fawning isn't, that's not an authentic place to be. That's your prior, that is the role that you play. Something is off. I'm fawning, that's a response to stress. And fawning is telling me that this is, there's something very stressful or unhealthy about the connection. That's all I got. Because then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything else because I love these people and they love me. And then another confusion comes up. I don't even genuinely know what love is. I've never really been. I shouldn't. Without a, without a mother's love, it really can, excuse my language, can really fuck with the, the mind and the emotions of a daughter. Um, and so that's my reading. I was doing some reading this morning. But it is what it is. I mean, it just is what it is. And that's the hard, like, that's what I just don't, I don't like about me because I'm so strong. I'm like, I'm over it. It is what it is. I'm like, I don't think I should be doing that. I should be feeling the grief. I should be feeling the loss. I should feel the anger. And I just won't allow myself to sit in it. So, but anyway, so I didn't know what time, but everybody started getting dressed. So I got dressed. And so. My sister was like, she said at one point, come on, sister. So, but she never said what time she was leaving. And she purposely, I saw I got dressed. I was in her room. I got dressed. And she didn't say one thing to me. And she didn't, and this is why I don't think it was an accident. Cause she, even if she, like an oversight, like, oh, maybe she thought I wanted to drive by myself to the party, right? Like, let's go with that. She didn't even say goodbye. And it does remind me of this one time when we were out. This is when I was at home and she, I went somewhere with her and I rode with her and she left me. She said she thought I had, I was in a car with somebody else. Like, how did you think I was riding with somebody else when I came with you? But see, I won't give myself permission to think about my sister in that way. That that was a very intentional thing to do. I just won't do it. And then that confuses me because do I even know how to set healthy boundaries for myself? Do I even know how to do self-care? All this freaking work I'm doing in this project about healing and Self-actualizing. And what if it's all for nothing? 
It was for nothing. So anyway, she left. Now I have a car. My nieces didn't ask me to ride with them. <laughs> like Nobody asked me to ride with them. Yet I'm here by myself. I don't have a date. I don't have a friend with me. I'm here by myself. And, and so I'm like, okay, so there's an inner conversation. Like, am I just tripping? And my person would say, you don't need to sit back and wait for an invitation. Why do you need somebody to invite you? She would always say it with disdain, like something is wrong with me for wanting to be invited, to wanting to feel included. Imagine that. I'm, 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 I'm sick of talking about it. I am, you guys, I'm sick of talking about this. I'm like, damn it already. Be done with it. Do what the hell you have to do so you can outgrow this season. But it's not something I talk about. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, so I'm all dressed up with somewhere to go. I'm going to, um, it's late. By the time I get there, it's going to probably be over. And I'm thinking about not going, but I don't want to do that to my niece. And I drove here. I was in a car for almost, oh, over 11 hours to be here for her. I'm going to that. I'm going to the party, but. When I get there, who am I going to talk to? That's the introvert in me. Now, I can put, I'm going to put my game face on. And I'm okay if I was in a room full of strangers. But these are people I know. But So I'm going to have to go and put my game face on. But and I'm going to publish this episode. This is not fun. It's not an easy reflection to have. But I think in the future when I come back and listen to I think it's going to be informative. It doesn't feel good now, but I believe in the future it will have value. So I'm going to go take off and go to this party by myself after I've been left and or uninvited or not invited. And I'm going to go and put my game face on because I can act the part of an extrovert. I can do it. I'd go to my T, you know, I'd just go to my TE. I just can't leave, I can't stay there. So, but I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to fake it. I wish I could put the camera on so you guys can watch me move about. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I know that I, I did this reflection of the sexual me on Sunday. And I was like, I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to come back and do a part two. And the reason why I didn't do a part two is because when I went to that church service, there was so much, there, it was such an event. There were several things that happened that gave new data that crowded out that other reflection. So I'm going to come back and and talk about this sexual me because it's and, and I felt bad by titling that episode that way, because some of you really probably were thinking, oh, she's talking about her sex life. <laughs> no, but I do think this thing that I'm calling the sexual me does lend itself to that kind of sex. But I don't have a con- I don't have it thought out yet. So, but I'm talking about the sexual me as it relates to the instincts and the enneagram, the social instincts, the self-preservation instincts, and the sexual instinct. And I've got a really good argument happening that for my first half of my first half of my first half of the first excuse me the first half of my adult life was uh, me being a Social sexual, social sexual. <laughs> and in the second half of my adult life, I'm now moving into social self-preservation. There's a strong argument for that. So then the question is, which one am I? 
which stack is really more me? And I don't know. And I don't know if it really matters, but I, um, I just have been thinking about that sexual me. And if I'm not feeding it, does that make the rest of my life like blah? Cause it's like, I'm not connecting to anybody on a real level because I'm pushing that side of me away. And, and then I'm like, well, why are you pushing that side of you away? And I just need, like, if that, if that's true, that I was really social sexual with self-preservation being last, there's a lot to process about that. A lot. So I don't know, but. Hey, you guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a, a heart or a like. If my conversation about being left behind or not invited or overlooked, uh, being triggered in the when the body remembers when you won't listen to your heart, but the body says, but I remember. Or when you... You struggle with what does it mean? What does a healthy love relationship look like? What does it mean? If any of this relates to, relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. <laughs> oh, I sound really low, don't I? I am low, but it's okay. When you guys hear me next, I'll be like, hi. And <laughs> But it is what it is. I try to be as authentic as possible in this project. So you're just getting the low me. I don't think you've heard the low me in a while, but it is it it happens. So, if my moving about has caused some randomness in you, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter or X at yournidom, Facebook and YouTube yournidom. Let me give you an assignment. What does it mean to be in a relationship with an individual? I'm not talking about a romantic relationship, but a social relationship. What does it mean? Is it is it transactional? Is it give and take? Is it, I don't know, is it interactive? I don't know. What would you do? You'd probably listen to me. I'm sorry, that you just heard that phone ring. That was my sister calling, checking on me, where I was at. So... I need to get going. But your assignment is, what do you do? Like, how do you acknowledge in an unhealthy love or when a, when a relationship that's built on love doesn't feel loving? Have you ever had that experience? And when you do, do you struggle with calling it out? I used to call it out so much when I was younger. It was never validated. So I think I've just learned to keep it in me. And I, now I question my own judgment. That's fucked up. But we this ain't about me. This is about you. What do you do when you experience something that doesn't feel loving? And if you've never had that experience, I'm so happy for you. Okay. Hey, you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.